Welcome to KC Corner episode 145. We're back after a week off. Um, my fault, you know, we had a bachelor party and I may have just skipped a few days of reading and when you're doing a Bible recap podcast, you know, you can't have that. Well, Brooks, you got the greatest excuse there ever was. <laughs> you know, a bachelor party weekend, you're getting married on Sunday. Bro. I am, I am. The fact that you're reading anything, you know, the fact that, uh, that you're upright and breathing. You got me doing homework. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> what the heck, you know, come on. So, Well, I hadn't talked at all this morning and then you walked up here to your office and I opened my mouth and apparently got a raspy voice. Sounds like I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. So hopefully it sounds all right in your guys' earbuds. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it it, it sounds, sounds like you got a little bit more maturity. It's yeah, really, really exactly. Nice, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. A little uh, age there, a little, mm-hmm. little nicotine age. It's, yes, uh, a little it's wiser, a- <laughs> cigars by the fire, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But big week for you, Brooks. Mm-hmm. Really, really big week, and uh, so excited for you, man. Very excited. Very I know excited. That there's always a lot of details that swirl, but uh, I just pray that you can just have a, just a phenomenal, just enjoy. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. What a great blessing. The, the amount of decorations and stuff around the house right now, you know, we're glad that that's just the best part. They're, they're going to be out of the house on Sunday. Yeah, and we'll, that's we'll, awesome. It'll, it'll be great. That's awesome. <laughs> so cool. Very, very cool. Well, we're not going to skip a week. We're going to pick it back up right where we left off um, and beginning in Matthew 18, 15. And this week we also finished two books. Uh, we're jumping ahead. We finish Acts and we finish Leviticus. So we're, we're plugging right we along. We are plugging along, checking them right off. And, uh, you know, for those of you who follow along, I think this is like the last week in February. Yes. So we're just, yeah, it goes we're through just... February, the 25th day of February. Right. So let me just give you the time, the, the what we're going to look at today. Today we're looking at Matthew is gospel 18, 15 through 21, 22. We're going to be in the end of Acts, as Brooks mentioned, starting in 25, 13 through the end of 28. Psalms are going to be interesting, Psalm 41 through 47. And then Leviticus, uh, wow, there's a lot this last week. It was like a chapter 11 through mm-hmm. the end of 27. Just plowed right through yeah, Leviticus. Yeah. Oh, man, sometimes you got to just plow right through Leviticus, mm-hmm. you know? So, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting book, to say the least. So, hey, how about we start with Matthew? Let's do it. Let's you, do it. You know, with the, the beginning of Matthew chapter 18, it talks a lot about forgiveness. It, first of all, it deals with what do you do when someone sins against you? And I love how wise it is. The Bible is going to tell us, hey, go right to the person. You know, be a man or woman and, and that, that cares. And, you know, don't talk around their back. Talk to their face and go to them directly and uh, say, hey, bro, you know, or, you know, my sister in Christ, here's something that is um, struggling with. And if that doesn't work, there's just such wisdom of escalating, you know, take a couple people, eventually bring it to the church. Now, as a pastor, Brooks, this is where we look at to like, did people do the right thing? If, if there's somebody that has quote unquote church discipline, you know, hey, did, did you go directly to them? Did, you know, have, have you tried? And so, but you know, the goal is always forgiveness and the goal is always uh, re- reconciliation. So. Uh, that's pretty cool. And, want- and it's interesting how he kind of explained that is how many times do I forgive my brother? Is it seven? Or And then Jesus says, no, it's 70 times seven. Yeah, um, which is, you know, Peter's hearing all this forgiveness stuff. He's like, he's thinking, <laughs> like, what if this guy's really bad to yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, seven times, that's enough, right? And, you know, Jesus is like, you know, I don't think he's trying to do math like it's 490. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is just forgive. And so right in for that, he Jesus launches into this parable, this unmerciful servant that was forgiven the way it was translated with me was like one guy is forgiven like ten thousand bags of gold i mean mm-hmm. it's beyond a lifetime you mm-hmm. never could repay it and he had such a small debt that someone else owed him and how unmerciful he was and i think 
obviously the point that Jesus is making is if you get it, we we are the one who have been forgiven the 10,000 bags of gold. Mm-hmm. We are the sinners that God has forgiven. If God forgives knuckleheads like you and me, I think we should live our lives not holding grudges and, mm-hmm. and, and forgiving. How many people you know hold grudges? I mean, mm-hmm. how many people do you know that, I mean, just... You know their whole life. There, there. There's no way they're gonna forgive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like if I owed you uh, a million dollars and you forgave mm-hmm. me of my debt, and then I went to Caleb and he owed me uh, five hundred dollars, and I went and beat him up and yeah. threw him in prison. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the picture of you and Caleb fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and and the it happens a couple times in the Bible where they throw people in for their debt until they can repay it. How are they going to repay their debt from prison? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because they would when the, the prison they were in was probably a bondage. They probably were working it off in the guy's field. Mm-hmm. So they were probably uh, not just sitting in a jail cell. No, they're not making just, making they, cold they, calls. They, hey, hoping, can you give me hundred bucks? <laughs> exactly. Uh, GoFundMe page. You know? <laughs> so then you got this great story. I mean, Jesus blesses the little children there. You can't miss that. That mm-hmm. he's uh, always, uh, you know, the the the. Uh, what seem to be insignificant people in culture, he blesses and loves. I love that. Then you have this rich young ruler who is, you know, it's the trifecta. And you don't know that he's rich young ruler until you put together all of the uh, synoptic gospels that tell this story, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But he comes up to Jesus and it looks like the greatest uh, opportunity for evangelism ever. He says, what must I do to, to get eternal life? Good teacher. And, you know, Jesus right away, I mean, he just asks questions with questions. Why do you call me good? Do you know there's only one who's good? That's God. Do you know that you're talking to the Son of God? Do you know that you who you're talking to the Messiah? And then he he tells them, hey, uh, basically keep the commandments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brooks, that's, that's kind of troubling. It's mm-hmm. a lot of things that Jesus says, you scratch your head. Hey, I thought we were saved, according to Scripture, by grace through faith. I didn't think we're saved by works. Mm-hmm. So why would he point them to the to keep the commandments? And it's a, uh, I don't know. It's like teaching somebody uh, something that's completely opposite. I mean, you know, how do you how do you feel the ground ball? I mean, how, how do you you know you want to tell them the basics? But he says, hey, well, you know, why don't you keep the commandments? Why do you think he did it? And you know, the response would be should have been oh, nuts. I've, I've broken them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I need a savior. I, okay, what do I do now? Because I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the story could have gone another way. But, you know, the rich young ruler just says, oh, great. You know, um, you know, I, I've, I've kept all those. You know, which ones? I've kept those since I was a boy. I'm, I'm all good. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus is going to peel back his heart and say, okay, well, why don't you go sell everything you have and follow me? So you're not saved by philanthropy. You're not saved by morality. But Jesus is just uncovering his heart of, hey, man, do you know you're a sinner? And mm-hmm. until we know that we're a sinner that need to be saved by a, a savior, uh, we miss it. And that's when we see that we get God's grace. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. And, and Jesus kind of lists the, uh, I don't know what to call them, the commandments that are more uh, tangible, I guess. Like, do not commit adultery, do, mu- do not murder. And it's like, oh, I've kept those. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I've done, kept those, no done, problem. Done. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> check those off. But he doesn't uh, exactly list like the no other gods before me or anything like that of, um, you know, th- those type of commandments. Yeah. Or having he, no idols. Or even Brooks, maybe even forgetting the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he didn't hear it. Of, <laughs> hey, you, you think you're good. You didn't commit adultery, but did you ever lust after mm-hmm. a woman? Yeah, I don't yeah. think they had podcasts back then. So if, if he missed it in person, yeah, he hasn't yeah, read it from a scribe yet. Yeah, Amazon was not delivering. No, so, uh, no. It's, it's so true. 
Then you have another, uh, you ready to go on? Then yeah, you... I had one other thing on that. Yeah, and yeah. it was funny at the end, Peter, always uh, first to talk, last to think, um, yeah. goes, so we've left everything and followed you. Like, what do we get? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we get a special prize. Right? Yeah, so I mean, he's like, yeah, we, we get a special place in heaven. Yeah. And so Jesus kind of goes into that. So I, I thought that was funny of like, um, yeah, uh, Jesus, we've done that. So what what, what exactly are we getting? <laughs> that, is a, that is a great, great point. And, you know, you, you did you ever have Cracker Jacks growing up? Did they have? Oh yeah, those? oh yeah. We, got, we I've had crack, Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks, you know, a below average uh, a mm-hmm. snack. Yep. You know, kind mm-hmm. of often stale. Yeah. But always, you're always intrigued because you get a a, a, a prize prize inside. Mm-hmm. So what do we get? You know. Yeah. It's like, exactly. It's like exactly. You know, what prize do we have? Uh, I, I was always hoping for those tattoos that you. Would yes. Get, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, a little henna, like a big dragon on your on yeah. your arm. <laughs> But uh, now you can move on. Sorry. All right. No, no, that was great. Uh, so generous landowner. Then he tells this story about uh, you know uh, a, a one who owns a land and vineyard, and he is getting workers, and he pays them fairly a day's wage, and throughout the day he keeps on going out and getting more folks mm-hmm. that you aren't working, You're giving them the dignity of work, giving them the opportunity to provide for their family, and. You know, at the very end of the day, he brings in those who came in for the last hour mm-hmm. and they get a day's wage. So you're, you're just think about it, Brooks. You're exhausted. You know, you've been working all day long and you just see the guy who was in there for a daggum hour, the mm-hmm. guy who barely broke a sweat, get a day's wage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're thinking, man, I'm getting what, four or five? You're, you're, you're calculating the hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting four or five times that, maybe seven. And, uh, you know, the landowner gives them the same thing. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because there is a sense where that's unfair. There is a sense where that's not seemingly right. But the point was, hey, I'm generous. I, you agreed to a day's wage. And I gave you, I gave you, I, was, I did not rob you. I gave you what we agreed to and what is fair. But if I choose to be generous, and I really believe that this is, talking to the Jews, Jewish folks, like, hey, you, you've, you've been the chosen people. You know, the, these Gentiles are coming in in the last hour. You know, they're, they're getting in. They're, they're, uh, they're getting the blessings of Abraham. They're, they're giving the blessings that, that were uh, promised a long time ago. Are they really worthy? Is it mm-hmm. right? And he's like, listen, I'm going to be generous and gracious with who I'm generous and gracious. So it's another, another cool and that, that's back-to-back parables that end with the same exact thing. So the last will be first and the first last. And that's, yeah. a, that's a huge theme, even just for this week. I think we see it three times, um, but ending parables that way of um, not uh, putting yourself up above others. It's so good. Oh, man, that, that was, that's, that's humbling to be reminded of that, Brooks. Uh, you know, I think in there you have uh, Jesus then tells his disciples about his pending death, but... Again, he's talking Greek to them at mm-hmm. that point. You know, they're like, "Huh?" Just, you're just saying parables. Now you're like uh, interpreting your death or, or yeah, predicting your death. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world's that all about? And you know, sometimes they ask him. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they seem to let it go. But mm-hmm. uh, and then and then you have some blind men who apparently can spiritually see because they're crying out when Jesus goes by. Jesus, uh, uh, son of David, right? Isn't that what it says? Mm-hmm. Son of David. Yep. You know, so. That's clearly they're calling out Messiah, no hoping for the Messiah, and uh, everybody's trying to quiet them down. They're getting more and more rowdy, like when he's going by. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about this is Jesus goes over to them and asks them, "Hey, what do you want me to do for you?" Mm-hmm. And um, there's such dignity in that. You know, Jesus, you would think that you would assume, well, 
you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to heal you, you know, mm-hmm. you can't see. But he asks them, he gives them data game. What, what do you want me to do for you? And I just, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am going to jump back for one second yeah, to yeah. Uh, James and John's uh, mother's request. Oh my God. And it like, it, it, it hits some scar tissue of just crazy parents back in the baseball <laughs> days when you're playing like travel yeah. baseball, 12 oh, yeah. and under. And, yeah. and my dad was usually the head coach growing up as I was a kid, kind of middle school, high school years. Right. So I got to hear all the crazy um, parent stories of oh, my kid wasn't nice. playing enough. And so um, James and John's mother asked Jesus right to his face, yeah. can they be seated at your right and left hand yeah. uh, uh, by the throne? Can my boys <laughs> get the top seat? You know, it's just as... Uh, you know, what did they feel like as mama's boys? And just you know? cringing the whole time. Or they're like, yeah, thanks, mom. Thanks. Know, we deserve this. Oh, we deserve yeah. this. Gosh, I hope they were cringing. Because <laughs> if, if they were, they were, hey, Ma, can you go ask? Uh, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. the worst. But uh, but again, it ends in the same way. So it would be three straight times. Um, let's see. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So again, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Exactly. Kind of three straight not, that one's not a parable, but three straight sections like that. And, you know, and then here with the Son of Man, he came to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, he came to, to, to be a servant mm-hmm. and to give and to give his life away. That's just amazing. And the disciples really don't get it until the Holy Spirit comes mm-hmm. after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, fully. Yeah, I mean, we saw, it was two weeks ago now, but last week's reading where they were coming back down and arguing about who is the greatest. Yeah, <laughs> they just can't get it out of their head. You know, they're, they're just jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. They're walking all over the promised land, and here they come down the stretch, and, and they're, 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 they're trying to figure out who's the greatest, you know? They're, oh, Jesus yeah. keeps on saying, hey, serve, 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 and I'm going to die, and they're like, Hey, can you, mom, can you go ask them? That's mm-hmm. just hilarious. It's just what guys do. It's still today. You know, oh. they want to argue on MJ versus LeBron and, you know, be, the best uh, football players and baseball players. You know, that's just what guys do. Who's it's the greatest? So, it's so true. Oh, man. <laughs> Try and one-up each other. Heaven help us. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump back to that because no, that, 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 that one was very funny. That was a great pivot. That was really good. And you know what? We really should have picked up Jesus saying, you know, I didn't come to be served but to serve. Mm-hmm. That, that's such a big one there. You know, then I think this ends with a triumphal entry, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming in lowly on a donkey. And the question of buzzing in Matthew that comes up that hit me is, who is this? You know, mm-hmm. who is this? I and mean, who's causing the stir? And this is the prophet from Nazareth. And he is the prophet from Nazareth, but so much more. You mm-hmm. know, think of that confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. So, you know, but, you know, once the final uh, triumphal entry comes in, here's, we're getting close to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in Jerusalem. That's where it's got to, the story's got to kind of uh, meet a crescendo with a cross, mm-hmm. and the uh, empty tomb. So, yeah. That's so, what I, I think is going to be great about this Bible reading schedule, too, is when we do finish Matthew, probably, I think it's in a couple weeks here, it gets right back into Mark, and we go mm-hmm. through the gospel again and mm-hmm. see a different viewpoint and really mm-hmm. get to dive into it um, with some different parables and different viewpoints. Yeah, good call. You know, and, and I think the slow burn through the Gospels, it's, it's easier. You know, we were only reading daily like 12, 15 verses mm-hmm. in Matthew compared to, you know, three chapters in Leviticus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Taking big chunks out of the Old Testament, yeah. that's for sure. All right. And then we we wrapped up Acts. Remember, mm-hmm. in the very beginning of Acts, Brooks, uh, you know, one eight, uh, Jesus says, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be uh, my, my those who give your life to tell my story. 
uh, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to uh, receive power. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be my witnesses in <clears throat> Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then the whole book unfolds where they're in Jerusalem, you know, uh, Judea, Samaria, and, and the ends of the earth is really Rome. And mm-hmm. we're going to see uh, uh, Paul going to that end of the earth uh, to, to share the gospel. A little bit rough getting there, though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The act starts kind of with the after the resurrection and all of those promises and ends with the... Uh, kind of a quest almost with yeah. Paul being shipwrecked and, and out in the seas and some crazy winds and telling people to have faith and people yeah. trying to escape and get into the rowboats because they think the <laughs> ship is going down. So yeah. it's kind of a wild ending, those last couple chapters. It is. And hey, if you don't stay with us, you're going to you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. But, but God's promised everybody's life here, which, which was incredible. And then they get to Malta and, uh, you know, the, the, everybody sees a snake latch on to Paul's hand and think, well... The God justice is going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it looked like he got away, but he really didn't. Then he doesn't die. They're like, he must be a God. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Um, but Paul is going to end up in Rome and the gospel is spreading and, you know, he'll, he'll end his life there. We don't know exactly how or when, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just an amazing story and the journey. Oh, and one of the cool things is, you know, Paul starts uh, when, when, uh, the narrator starts saying we, 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 uh, it's, and it's obviously Luke has joined Paul in the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and so he went from a narrator to a fellow, you know, journeyman with mm-hmm. him and, you know, Hey, we did this. So it was an interesting, I don't know if you guys picked that up when you read through Acts, but notice that, that you'll see that Luke, uh, who wrote Acts and wrote the gospel of Luke starts talking in the second person, first person plural. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you look at uh, Paul's map and his voyages, it's pretty crazy. And as someone uh, who does a decent amount of boating, uh, back then they didn't have GPS or anything. They talked about, you know, they had a south wind this day, so it blew them this direction. Yeah. They didn't have any motors to go like, I want to go point A to point B. So yeah. it's it's uh, pretty incredible where they were able to go and kind of makes sense that they eventually shipwrecked maybe with <laughs> the storm. That's a good call. And I think of... Uh, Paul saying in the book of Corinthians, Second Corinthians, of all the things that happened to him, I mean, I have been shipwrecked. And mm-hmm. I, I've been, you know, I mean, he's he experienced a lot of crazy things. Yes, yes, he did. So, yes, he did. But so we fi- we finished up Acts. And we did closed it out. So we're we're in Psalms now, mm-hmm. and forty one through forty seven. Um, you know, a lot of lot of great stuff there. Uh, um, you know, I, I was thinking the. Um, in 42, it hits me like that's it's such a famous uh, as the deer pants for the water. So mm-hmm. my soul pants uh, uh, for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it really ends with why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. And I love how the Psalms can give us the range of emotions. Like you start thinking this is the super Christian, you know, hey, my soul pants for you as the deer pants for the water. Just a longing for God. I, 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 because you realize because he's downcast, you know, mm-hmm. because uh the things are hard and um you know when things are hard often you don't pant for god often you run from god and what a what a great picture that is yeah finding uh new language to describe it that's for sure and yeah that's a that's a unique one as as the deer pants for flowing streams so pants my soul for you oh god yeah that's so good mm-hmm. hey 45 is a wedding psalm you need to read that this week it's a it's a it's uh, anyway. I don't have want to have a lot to say on that, other than the fact that it's kind of interesting in your wedding week. You got a wedding song. Yes, there. exactly, exactly. I, did, I I read it the first time. I was a little confused, and then the footnotes at the end says okay. it's a, it's a it's a wedding song. Yeah. So it started to make a lot more sense. Okay, very cool, <laughs> and probably for a king. And uh, but like you, 
And then, really, to me, the the high water mark in this section is Psalm forty six. You know, that's God is our refuge and strength and an ever present help in the times of trouble. You know, though the uh, uh, we, so therefore we will not fear. If that's the truth, if God is our refuge and our strength and an ever present help in trouble, we should not fear. Mm-hmm. And it'll go on e- even though the earth, you know, may slide into the heart of the sea, the mountains may slide in the heart of the sea, and the, you know, everything is crumbling around you. Everything looks really bad. Hey, there is a river that's going to provide peace and joy. That's the gospel. And and uh, I, I love it. He is our refuge and strength. And I remember 9-11, that this was kind of the go-to for me when 9-11 happened, was that just to be reminded, it seemed like the world was crumbling. Um, it seemed like what we knew had crumbled into the heart of the sea. I mean, when the trade centers went down. But just to be reminded, he is our refuge and our strength, and he is with us in our troubles. And there is a peace like a river. And it, at the end of that, it says, hey, be still and know I'm God. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just a great little psalm. Yeah, the Bible uses imagery a lot for uh, being able to move mountains and the, the strength to move mountains, and then kind of using the sea as like chaos, uh, you Very know, good. waters roaring all around yeah, and yep. waves crashing and everything. So you yeah. get them both back-to-back lines right there in yeah, Psalm 46. Awesome. The strength to move mountains, wow. and, then, and though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Wow, you're, you're smart. I just learned it from you. I think you said it like <laughs> last week. <laughs> um, well, Hey, then Psalm 47, it's really interesting. It's God's reign over the nations. But what I love about it, Brooks, that I never had seen before, at the end of 47, he's calling the people of the nations the people of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, these these are not Israelites. You know, how, how did they get that distinguishing mark? You know, this is Father Abraham, we'll eventually see, of many nations. And he's the father of those of, in faith. And so... You kind of see the fulfillment of Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, where there's these promises God makes to Abraham to be a blessing to all the nations. And here mm-hmm. they're being called uh, the people of Abraham, which is kind of cool. It is. It is very cool. God is king over all the earth. That yeah. one is titled. Amen. Yeah. His reign over all the nations. It's coming. So yeah, the Psalms are great. The Psalms are great. Some Psalms are very and great. And some are better than others. Oops. Can I say that? But some really are. How about, how about this way? Some, some resonate a little bit more. Some right. It's easier. hard, it's hard to hit on every single one because yeah. not, not, not that it's repetitive in a bad way, but you know, we don't want to say the same thing every week. Yeah. Read, read them all through. They're all great. We just don't want to say the same thing every week. And, you know, your heart is going to be in a different place when you read some of them. Some of them is going to be like, man, that's me. Someone's like, I'm not there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but eventually you will be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, we can wrap up with, well, with Leviticus. There we go. With, (laughs) with Leviticus. (laughs) Um, Leviticus. Hey, listen, for those of you who are reading through scripture, Leviticus is hard for anybody. I mean, you know, you get, you start off so strong. Genesis, Exodus has got some really cool stories and all of a sudden you hit Leviticus and you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. you gotta, if you don't like me at my Leviticus, you can't have me at my Romans. Oh <laughs> man, I love that. Brooklyn. I do. And we start Romans this, this coming week. Oh, I think, it, I think it might stuff. be one of my favorite books. Yeah. I, I like Romans a lot. Romans is amazing. Yeah. It is so good. It so you, you made it, you made it through and you get to start Romans as soon as you finish Leviticus. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a treat. Yes, right. exactly. You, know, you eat dessert. your vegetables, mm-hmm. you're going to get yeah. your dessert, so, mm-hmm. uh, which is so good. All right, so Leviticus deals with a lot of interesting things, clean and unclean food. I mean, those poor Israelites, they didn't know what shellfish tastes like. You mm-hmm. know, They couldn't eat bacon. I yep. mean, they, they, uh, 
they had a diet, and, and the question is why? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I mean, he would say, because I'm holy, you got to be holy. I want to set my people apart. I get that, but man, take away bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that Jesus uh, came and said, no, no more of that dietary restriction stuff. But I think there's something there, Brooks, of trying to keep them in. There's a lot of disease in shellfish. Mm-hmm. You know, don't eat bats. And I thought of uh, the <laughs> Wuhan, uh, you know, you know, they, they blamed it on the bats yeah. for COVID. And so, uh, um, I don't know. You got to see that God was protecting his people there somehow. He knew his ways are better than our ways. Mm-hmm. So. And as someone who will usually try anything, at least unless it's really weird, um, you know, it was interesting to read about all those dietary restrictions. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was interesting. And, you know, then he talked about all these sores and your body rashes and stuff like that. But there's always something that intrigues me, Brooks, is they're very specific. Like, okay, if you have this sore, you got to be looking for this and mm-hmm. go to the priest and do that. And you got to make sure, because listen, they didn't want to, an, 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 uh, I don't think it's an epidemic. I mean, they wouldn't want to, uh, maybe it is. They didn't want to have something on their hands that everybody is going to get sick. But one of the things I want to say is if you your entire body has broken out, you're declared clean. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm always like, why? Mm-hmm. Because there's nowhere else. Why? And it's almost like when you realize that you're totally depraved and you realize that spiritually, and I'm spiritualizing this a little bit, but hey, that's who we are. We, mm-hmm. we, there, there's a rash of sin that has covered everything in me. Physically, mentally, spiritually, sin has polluted everything and we need a big savior to be cleansed and in him we can be declared clean. So, And kind of through all these uh, <clears throat> crazy laws or whatever you want to call them in Leviticus, they'll occasionally have one that uh, makes sense. And, and again, you get to Leviticus nineteen seventeen, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So through all of that, you get to different sections like, okay, they're still preaching love your neighbor as yourself even back then yeah, am- so amidst true. all these other kind of crazy dietary restrictions. <laughs> yeah, that's so good to see. I love it. And then you have this high watermark would be the day of atonement. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. how the people are going to once a year, that high holy day where they're going to have their sins uh, forgiven or, you know, symbolizing their sins forgiven, pointing to Christ eventually. But I'm sure they didn't all see that. But, you know, that that's incredible that once a year, one person, the high priest, goes behind the uh, the curtain and the mm-hmm. holy holies. And you love the fact that 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 was torn from top to bottom at Christ's crucifixion, you know, mm-hmm. that the Holy of Holies has been opened up for all of us. It's not a one person one day through that sacrifice, you know, that is that has been done. And then you have these two goats, a scapegoat, one who gets killed and one who gets sent away. And, you know, that uh, Christ is our scapegoat. You know, he took our sins. He, he bore them so we get to go away and, and, be, and live. Woo-hoo! Uh, such good stuff. Mm-hmm. And and then there's also some really good stuff in there about, you know, sexual purity. It's going to tell you, you know, who not to sleep with. And it's kind of embarrassing. Like, you know, <laughs> you think, well, of course not, you know. And you shouldn't be sleeping with family members and things or like animals. that. Or animals. Or animals, <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. But, you know, it's an interesting thing he says. Like, hey, this is what the people do in the land you're going into. And that's why I'm vomiting them out of the land. They're, they're defiling the land. This is my land. And they're defiling it. You shouldn't defile it, which mm-hmm. they will. But he also, you know, he reminds them that that, that that people in the land, they were sacrificing their children to Moloch. I mean, this, this false god. And you think, how could you ever sacrifice a child 
uh, to a false god. It sounds so crazy, doesn't mm-hmm. it? But, you know, we sacrifice children to abortion because we don't want to change our lifestyle. We sacrifice children to pr- our promotions or to, to climb up the, uh, the corporate ladders. I mean, our, our gods are so much more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, we still are a needy people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, can, can I say one more thing? You have, yeah. what else, what, no, what else go ahead. Go ahead. You know, it ends, I didn't realize this either. I mean, I know that the book of Deuteronomy ends very clearly with blessings and curses. It's a very, it's a covenant thing. It's, it's, it's God's contract, his agreement with us. And he talks about, hey, if you do the right thing, you're going to get some blessings. If you do the wrong thing, you're going to get some cursing, curses. And it's interesting, Brooks, because there's only like 10 verses of blessing. And then all of a sudden, there's a ton of curses. Like, you know, <laughs> these things won't happen. But it all points to Jesus because he secures the blessings for us by doing that which we fail to do. Um, and he absorbs the curses for us on the cross for what we fail to do. And he makes sure that we get the blessings. And so the Bible is really, uh, it's a story. It's an unfolding story told to us. In, in this covenant language of relationship that God has established with us. And with that relationship come curses and blessings, uh, uh, you know, blessings for obeying, curses for disobeying. Um, but they're all what God requires of us, God provides for us in Christ. And, you know, that, that's foreshadowed right there. It is. It absolutely is. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think I've said this over the years, but when... Um, when one of the, the prequels of Star Wars were coming out, and I'm not a Star Wars geek. Did you ever get into Star Wars? Uh, I liked it as a kid. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen many of the new ones, though. But you know how they had the first three? Yeah. And then they went back to the one before the first yeah, three? Yeah, then that, they did one, two, three. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know the name prequel until then. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a prequel. Yeah. You know, what is that? <laughs> and uh, I felt fancy saying it. Yes. Prequel. Prequel. This <laughs> is the so, prequel. But when they were advertising the prequel, they were showing um, young... Um, a baby, a, a toddler age. Uh, Anakin? Uh, no, it was uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which Anakin, is Anakin. Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I got you. Say Anakin? I oh, say yeah. No? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anakin. Same person. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, so they showed a young Anakin, and uh, there was a picture of like this normal looking toddler, mm-hmm. and uh, in, you know, in, in his shadow was Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's really cool. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you could see what's coming, and, uh, um, now let me see if I can connect this to the Bible. You got you know, this. So through Leviticus and everything, if you shine the proper light of redemptive history through Leviticus, what should appear is the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, through the Day of Atonement, through the curses and blessings, through so much of this, uh, you know, all, all of that is going to, it's like shadows. They were all shadows that found their fulfillment mm-hmm. in Christ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to view it through a certain lens. Indeed. Woo. Oof. Brooksy. Done. We're back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going right along. We finished a few books now. I mean, we're, we're two, do- two months down, a sixth of the way done. We, we are, which is absolutely incredible. And we're only, we're only a week behind because I uh, decided to take a, take a week off. No, it's because <laughs> life got busy. And I think that's so true with everybody, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. No problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll be fine. We'll Can be it fine. be a big week? And again, I don't think there's a lot we got to say other than I've loved going through Colossians and... You know, this last week, what I meant to say is really it's a it's a vivid before picture of who we are with Christ and an incredibly vivid picture of who we are in Christ, holy, blameless, above reproach, you know, and what we were before, you know, hostile in mind uh, toward God and alienated. Um, 
and how we got there, you know, the before and after picture and how we got there in Christ Jesus. And I, and my one thing I want to say, Brooks, is what I really hope to say is I don't think that most of us realize how bad we were apart from Christ. I mean, you grew up in a Christian home. You always went to a Christian school. You always kind of did the right thing. You know, it's probably hard for you to realize, man, I started off alienated and, and uh, I needed a savior. Thank mm-hmm. God that's become more and more of a reality in your life. I was like you. I, I didn't go to Christian school, but I grew up in a very Christian home, you know? And so I, I did some knucklehead things, but that before picture, and I don't, I think if we don't understand who we are apart from Christ, we don't appreciate who we are. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is hard too. Like really I'm holy and blameless in God's sight because we work so hard. We take our eyes off of what Christ has done for us. We put them on what we are now doing and we lead to despair. We, it leads to a works righteousness that are we good enough? Mm-hmm. And and we forget, is he good enough? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know I'm guilty of that, Brooks. I live my life with a lot of guilt and shame that I think that was should be nailed to the cross. And I pick back up. And uh, instead of saying, living out of thanksgiving of what Christ has done and who I am, and that he'll never let me go, I live with this turmoil of what I'm not. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I kind of miss that. So that's, you know, I, I so long for the people that I love and shepherd to just understand the depth of the gospel more and more and more. And because uh, I'm trying to get it more and more and more. Well, that was one of your questions that you wrote for KC Group last night. Is like, which which side is more unbelievable or that you have a hard time believing that you were once alienated from God or that you're called holy and blameless now? And that's exactly what I said. I'm like, I think the, the one, those are pretty lofty terms, holy and blameless. Like, I don't think that of myself at all because yeah. I know how much of a knucklehead I am. Because, sure. and exactly like you said, I grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school, but then people who become believers later in their life, I would think they would fall in that other bucket of like, I can't believe I was alienated at one point yeah. or like I was yeah. like that at one point. So yeah. I think it just kind of determines how you grew up or is, is determined by how you grew up. Yeah, I, I concur. But I think that that's the reality that we got to just kind of see because it makes us fall in love more and more with what God has done for us. But for me personally, you know, you don't want to you don't want to wallow in what you were. I mean, you don't want to just live like, oh, look at what I was. I mean, forgetting what is behind, pressing forward, Paul would say, to what is ahead. But living out the reality that what Christ has done is enough. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a missionary this week, uh, our missionary, Derek Ebers, and we were talking about what knuckleheads we are. And, and he, he and I said, is Jesus enough? You know, is it enough that he, what he's done for us? And, and I think in my head, I'll say, well, yes. But in my heart and actions, I often say no. Mm-hmm. And I want to I wanna earn it. I want to prove it. I want to be good enough. I want to earn my stripes. And, uh, you know, um, and I think we should walk in good works and do things that please him. But oftentimes my motivation is self-justification. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Any yeah. KC updates for us? Um, hey, well, there's a big wedding on Sunday. There is. So, so uh, you know, I think uh, uh, I, I know that there's a on this Saturday. I believe there's a uh, King's kids are getting together uh, mm-hmm. for a little play date, which I'm yep. so excited. I think it was about. 11 a. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say a time. San Lando, San Lando yeah. Park. Yeah, I think, I think about 11. Yeah, I, I think it was about 11. Maybe too. a little bit earlier. Yeah, and then they're going to go to Chick Fil A. Um, but that should be great. Um, other than the big wedding, Brooksy, I can't think of uh, anything else. But have a have a have a great weekend. Hey, anybody who's listened to this, pray for Brooks and Amy. Just that God's richly blessed them. So thrilled for them. <laughs>
I'm not gonna lie. When you said the big wedding, my brain thought the red wedding from Game of Thrones, and hopefully it's not. <laughs> hopefully it's not like that. Man, that was a, that was a kind of a travesty. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So that okay, yeah. we'll end on that. Yeah, yeah. Golly, <laughs> not good. All right, blessings, y'all. Have a good week. <laughs>